welcome to the AFR podcast. It's Sunday, the 2nd of April, 2023. Stop being cute and get the puck in the net. Steve, round three is done and dusted. Hard to believe we're three weeks into the season already. A couple of the the, the, the results this week. We had some low scores. I don't know if it's starting to normalise out a little bit or if, um, if some players were just under... Um, well, maybe maybe teams are chasing the chasing the stats, which is sort of what we touched on last week as well. But um, some of the scores seem to drop a little bit, but there are obviously some teams which are... Very, 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 very strong. Well, I don't know. It's I think it does tend to happen in AFL. Like you know, every year about the first, you know, after about the first month, the AFL's all chirping about how like all their rule changes have made everything so incredibly exciting, and there's all these goals being scored until all the coaches work out, oh heck, we don't like this, and they you know find a new way to clamp down and turn every game into like a slugfest, which. Yep. Yeah, it does tend to happen, and then like, and then the AFL suddenly goes very quiet about how amazing all its rule changes are because suddenly everyone's not really scoring hardly at all, and that just tends to make for some pretty crappy AFR scores. So yeah, you know, that first couple of weeks, everyone's like putting up huge plus one fifty scores, and then yeah, about a month in, everyone's just happy to get anywhere near one fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'll be happy to get over a hundred. Or 110. Anyway, anyway, we'll get to we'll get to the, how the charges went on the weekend. I sort of just gave a little bit of a spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah. So obviously we had a little bit. Um, one thing we wanted, I just wanted to touch on before we um get into the podcast is obviously coming up around the mid-season draft. We're only a couple of weeks out, believe it or not, like five five weeks out from really starting to to ramp up about the mid-season draft. So. Um, I will start putting some some stats up on the oh, sorry some links up on the website fairly shortly probably in the next maybe two three weeks. Um, but before we do then, Steve, we had a trade that went through just before we pressed record. I was just telling you about it. Oscar Allen was traded for Harry Mackay. The Wild Cards versus the and the Hodgie Heroes have done a trade. Yeah, interesting one. Obviously, there's not many times you have a straight swap of players in a similar position. Um, mm. Like, you know, sometimes you get a straight swap of, like, you know, defender for a forward or, you know, mid for a tag or, I don't know, whatever. But because, you know, people have got different, you know, you can get a win-win trade when it's a you know, trade trade your player that can't seem to make your squad for somebody else who probably could where you're at a weak point or whatever. But um, a straight swap of two similar players in that regard, that's a little odd. Obviously, we know there's the... Ben Hodgson's a big Blues fan, and uh, he will be able to pair Charlie Kerno and Harry McKay in that forward line now. Um, although, as we discussed before, uh, and and you have personal experience of it's, um, I, I guess you know there is the the sort of Hawkins Cameron combination that seems to have worked well for Nexus uh, in the past, um, but I think that's about the only example I can think of of a, like a of a forward line with two players from the same team actually doing well. And uh, it doesn't seem to be working for Nexus so far this year anyway, but um, yeah, I know you had Kennedy and Darling for a number of years. 
I was yep. lam lamenting with you about the flashing phoenixes and how they're uh, riding the Brisbane Lions at the moment, uh, which is, of course, the, you know, the coat hangers obviously had the same problem with, with uh, Cameron and Danaher. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, I'm assuming McKay and Kerner will be now. Now it'll be all, uh, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe Ben Hodgson looks. I looked at the last month of the uh, year and decided Carlton has a really good run home. I don't know. <laughs> there is nothing like, quite like throwing all your eggs in the one basket. Um, I, it is true, actually. I mean, there was that one idiot who, for like ten years, drafted like not just two, like a forward line for the same team, but the like the entire entire roster from the same team, pretty much. That's true. But then uh, I don't know. It didn't really work for him either. So no, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's so uh, yeah. I just thought, uh, seeing as we're a bit, uh, I'll start again. Seeing as we're on the podcast, I thought I might as well announce it here, as opposed to having to go through all the all the fun stuff of putting it on the website and yada yada yada. But um, but yeah. All right, buddy. Let's kick off. Um, let's start with the uh, Super League because um the the um Dave has already done. I'm tired, obviously. I'm, I'm can't get a sentence out. Um, Dave's already done the commissioner votes, and it means we don't really have to think. Well, I don't Yay. for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> um, game one was the Thylacines up against the Farmtons. Thylacines got up here. Uh, good win for them. Um, not it sort of hurts the Farmtons to be honest. Um, but for the Thylacines, um, Jamar Hugelhagen obviously had an outstanding game, getting 30 points at forward. Um, Patrick Cripps getting 25 at Rover was outstanding as well, and Gibney getting 16 at Tagger. Um, for the Farmtons, Josh Kelly getting 30 at centre. Dugowie, oh, good to see he played him. Dugowie, um getting 23 at midfield. Um, his back line wasn't too bad. Shannon Hearn getting 12, McGovern getting 11. Um, but in terms of the commissioner votes, you, um, Jamar Hugelhagen getting the three votes, Patrick Cripps getting two, and Jordan Degoe getting one. The Thalassians just keep rolling, hey? That's uh, it's amazing to see a team that hasn't been out of the bottom two for years suddenly now three and zero. Oh, like man, <laughs> that was one I was trying to think. How many weeks did it take them to get three wins either this year or like last year or the year before? Like a, a many. Like it wasn't until the rounds were in double figures. I think until they hit three wins. So uh, mm. yeah, Zach's got to be pumped, and I think well, it's kind of. But we we do know when we saw pretty clearly that uh, you know the difference between in this match was Eugle Hagen versus Norton. You know they were both bulldog forwards that were playing on Thursday night, and uh, yep, Eugle Hagen kicked five and not kicked one, and was the difference pretty much in the match. If yeah. uh, if it had been the other way around, it would have been a very different result. But um, uh, apart from like Eugle Hagen, it was a bit of a patchy one for the Thalassines, really, but. I was going to ask, what's the thinking? How how is he feeling around the um um the number one pick? Oh, the uh, Golden. Golden's yeah, you finally had a bad game. Golden's been good so far, so and I don't think he's worried. He was. You always want you, you kind of. Do you ever have that feeling, man, where like you kind of almost want a player to have like when you know you've got a good lead. And yeah, like, you know, have your bad game this week. Yeah, no, this is good, Golden. Have your bad yeah. games, you know, yeah. because like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want him to have that bad game when it, when it actually counts or when it's crucial. Because I think once you go, how you can have kick that five goals, it was like, well, yeah, you want people to be average, but you you know, if as long as everyone at least is average, you know, you're probably going to get the job done this week. And 
sadly for the Phantoms, that's that's sort of what happened. The Phantoms, though, yeah, they're a little bit down, weren't they? Really, like, I mean, oh, great call on Dugowie because that that took a bit of guts after last week's four kick effort. But um, and and no, but beyond that, I mean, normally they'd get, expect Lynch to do a lot better. So yeah. I think the Phantoms just had a rough week in the forward line and. Uh, that just cost them sadly. Yeah, and their, and their matchups. Their 140 would have beaten quite a few other teams as well. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. This week, absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh, next game was the Mighty Adams up against the Warriors. Mighty Adams got up here 155.5 to the Major Warriors 134.5. Um, solid scores here from the Adams, um, particularly in the forward line with um, Bailey Fritz getting. 18, Jesse Hogan, not too bad, I suppose, getting 16 at key forward. But it was Sean Darcy that was outstanding, getting a lazy 26 at um, at Ruck, but also Darcy Parrish getting 18 at Rover. For the major Warriors, Goldstein came into their Ruck. My goodness, they have a backup Ruck. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> being a doggy supporter. Petrarca getting 20 kicks was pretty good. Um, and... Liberatore getting 18 at Tagger was outstanding. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, Darcy, pa- oh, sorry, Darcy Parrish, Sean Darcy got three votes, Christian Petrarca got two votes, and Bailey Fritz got the one. Yeah, unfortunately for the Warriors, they've been awful. And I guess this almost isn't imp- like given the fact that most other teams' scores are a bit down this week, the major Warriors actually almost look okay yeah. um, with a 134. But uh, unfortunately for them, they've Met the Adams, who are just, you know, going along nicely, really. Like they, you know, Darcy was a bit down last week, but, uh, and they're still, maybe not, I mean, you know, it took me there only getting 21 at centre is a bit disappointing. And, but, you know, when you can put up 150 odd in a week, that's pretty tough and, uh, and feel like, um, <laughs> you know, that was, you probably still had a bit in the tank That's uh, and get the job done. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so the Adams, yeah, they'll be they'll be feeling pretty happy at two and one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Trouble stations for the Warriors. Um, yeah. Next game was Nexus versus the Sons of God. A big scoring game here. Sons of God got up 171 to Nexus 161.5. For the Sons of God, um, look, the... There's a couple of huge big standouts here. Tom Stewart came back, had 25 at key back. I think he had like 25 kicks as well. Um, um, Rankin got t- um, 24 at forward. Charlie Kerno got 22 at key forward. Um, Dan Houston in- moved into the mid, get- got um, 17. So it was a pretty good score from him. From Nexus's perspective, some big scores here, but some um, ones that really hurt, obviously, was um, Toby Green only getting the six, but Jeremy Cameron getting 29. Um, Lachlan Ash getting 20 at midfield. Um, his back line of Luke McDonald getting 10.5. Luke Ryan getting 17.5 was pretty damn good as well. In terms of the commissioner votes, Dave gave three to Stewart, two to Cameron, and one to Rankin. Yeah, this is a tough, tough result here for Nexus. They put up the second best score of the round and just happened to run into the Sons of God who finally got their house in order, which took them a couple of weeks. The Sons of God, after like being like near unbeatable in the back half of last year, you know, this is their first win. Yep. But, I mean, it's a pretty impressive one, like especially considering, like you said, um, not everybody was amazing for them this week, but they, yeah, Rankin obviously 
really uh, went to town, which was fantastic for for Benny and Nexus. Um, they're not they're not that bad. Um, they're starting to come together, but uh, yeah, still uh, no win, hey? No, I think Flaston had like ten rebounds as well. So he certainly yeah. got some. Certainly got some. Um, well, I think even depth. Lucky Lucky Ash too. I think had a bunch of rebounds as well. So you know, okay. nothing, no no surprises there. The midfield is just all backs, but, um, <laughs> but that's all right. I can just continue to whip that dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next game was the Flashing Phoenixes against the Ashy Convicts. Low scoring game here, but the Convicts got up one thirty four point five um, to one twelve point five for the Phoenixes. Um, Naomi's convicts. Um, Zach Merritt got 25 at centre. Um, Jordan Ridley got tw- uh, 17 at mid, um, but Sicily was outstanding, getting 24 at key back. And of course, Toby Nankervis getting 19.5 at ruck was outstanding. Um, for the Phoenixes, um, Tom Atkins getting 14 at tagger. Um, Riley O'Brien getting 17.5 at ruck was pretty good. And Jack McRae getting a lazy 30 at centre as well. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, Sicily got three, Jack McRae got two, and Toby Nankervis got one. Yeah, pretty brutal week for the Phoenixes. Obviously, uh, as I said before, the Brisbane forward line didn't work. The The midfield, which she's been, like, struggling with, neither of them fired. Warple was thrown in because uh, Hopper... Uh, was out. Hopper apparently is going to be back next week, which will definitely help. But uh, yeah, just, she doesn't really have that depth at Rover. And then the back line, I don't know what happened to Caleb Daniel. And and Brennan Cox is just Brennan Cox. And if he's in a shutdown role like he was this week, he just doesn't score. And, and if he's <laughs> if he if he's not in the shutdown role, he'll have like 20 marks like he did in the first week. But so it's always tricky to pick what he's going to do. And that's but uh, that back line didn't work either. So I don't know. The Flashing Phoenixes. That, that's a I, I sort of said to Elise, you know, at least you had this week in a week which it wasn't Champions League and you weren't playing in the AFR Cup because, ouch, that would have really messed with your back score in the Champions League. But anyway, um, moving right along, everyone seemed to have a crap week in the same week, more or less. So uh, yep. no harm done. Just be terrible and forget that week and uh, move on. <laughs> the convicts, are we a bit worried about them? Like... I mean, I know they've they've got two wins now, and you know, but uh, their their scores are not not that great. No, one thirty four. I, I don't know. There's a couple of players that are down. Dunkley's down. Um, Mackay's down. Considering we we're just talking about him in the trade. Brody Mycheck, Collingwood have got so many options up forward now. Um, but um, and Callum Mills as well. I, I don't know if I'm worried, but there's certainly the the players that we certainly thought, like even Mason Redmond and Jordan Ridley. I mean, you, you sort of do you play them back or do you play them in the mid? Obviously, Naomi's playing them in mid, but um, yeah, I don't know that all Essendon centre midfield too. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, if McKay has a good game, then you know yep. covers covers a lot of uh, issues up. But um, yeah, uh, she she looked alright in the first week, and then she got. She got done last week, and then this week, yeah, she's got a win, but, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I'm sure the McKay is going to come good soon, though. Yeah. Yep. All right, final game was the Marvels um, up against the Brawlers, and the Brawlers got up here, 153 to 145. 
for the brawlers, some big scores here. Um, Swan getting 35, mind you. I think West Coast did not have anyone on their bench halfway through the third quarter. Um, so I'm not surprised they got run off their legs. Um, Tom Mitchell got 18 at Rover. Berry got some um, 18 at Tagger. Um, Stephen May comes straight back into that lineup and got 15. Jared Witt's got 17 and a half. His forward line failed though. Um, for the Marbles, um, Gunston did okay getting 20. Logan McDonald getting 16 at key forward. Um, and Josh Dacos getting 19 at midfield. Tom Green was the outstanding one for the Marvels, getting 34, but the rest was not fantastic. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, it was Sarong with three, Berry with two, and Mitchell with one. Yeah, this was a big game, to be honest. These were two unbeaten teams who had been pretty impressive over the first two weeks. Brawlers, obviously, top of the ladder, but Marvels, you know, within striking distance. Um, and so the brawlers with on the back of Sarong, who he needed to get 28 possessions, and he came through with a 35. Uh, that was pretty impressive. But yeah, the, there's definitely some worrying signs for both of these teams. Though with Ben Brown, it seemed like that uh, the new rookie, what is his name? Van, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Dutch. Was it Van Ruyen or whatever? Um, he obviously uh, seemed to take over the Melbourne forward line and kick three goals. And Benny Brown. Didn't really get as much there as a result, so that's a bit of a worry. Um, and then for the for the Marvels, there, uh, you know, Jordan Dawson in that back line. Well, he was kind of in the midfield this week, so that's another problem for him. And not not to mention Darcy Cameron, obviously getting injured. So yeah, yeah the Marvels have got some issues, and Brawlers might be looking at. Well, yeah, and uh, it's a bit sad that Nick Larkey, even with the gorgeous matchup of Hawthorne, could only manage a couple of goals. That's well, I think North Melbourne's run is probably about to come to an end, so I, I'm not sure the Bulls are going to be able to rely on Larky for much longer. So, uh, eh, I don't know. They're, they're both, you know, solid scores here, but uh, Brawlers, well done. And Marvels, well, some little, some little issues to deal with, a couple of fires to deal with there. Yeah. Um, in terms of the ladder, Brawlers are on top, 3-0, and and the highest scoring team. Thylacines are 3-0, and they're 0.5 back. Then we have the Marbles in third on two and one. Adams are in fourth, two and one. Convicts, two and one in fifth. And then in sixth place, we have Sons of God on one and two with the Farmtoms, one and two. Flashing Phoenix is one and two. Nexus are in ninth, O oh and three. And the Major Warriors are O oh and three as well. And have already got a back above 100. Yikes. Um, yeah, well, the Major Warriors are a major worry. Uh, Nexus are not that bad, uh, so they're they're looking good for like uh, I don't know they're, they're setting themselves up well for that mid-season draft and then they can slingshot. I think that's what their plan is. Sons of God, I mean we know how good they are, and I think it's, it's interesting to me that you look at the Sons of God and Ashley Convicts there. The grand finals was last year and fixed fifth and sixth, but I'm like, even though the Convicts have two wins and the Sons of God have one, I think I've probably got a little bit more worries about the Convicts after the performance this week. But that top four does look like to me the well they've been the top four so far of the first month and uh power ladder seems to back that up so yeah no that's interesting to see if the convicts and the sons of god can uh you know find their groove and actually start challenging that top four that's uh you know come out of the gate strong yeah Alrighty, let's jump across and have a look at the original league. Game one was the Dingoes up against the Scorpions. Dingoes got up here, 133.5 to the Scorpions, 128. 
Steve, for your boys, Nick Dacos got 33 at centre. Logan McDonald got 16 at key forward. Um, Liberatore got um, 16 at Rover. Um, Grundy got 12 and a half at, at Ruck. For the Scorpions, look, to be honest, most of their team put up an, an average score. Dylan Shield was obviously down, getting um, 22 at centre, but um, Jess Sinclair at midfield getting 14. Rory Laird getting 13 at Rover. Tim English getting 15.5 at Ruck. Wasn't too bad, but um, your boys, mate, were just too strong getting over by, was it, five and a half points? Oh, this was like, I don't know, this is just ugly, ugly, ugly win all around. I, I'm pretty sure uh, I can say, I, I'm I'm looking at it, there's, a, there's definitely a few that are close calls, but I'm pretty sure every single player on that in that lineup of mine were below average this week. Yeah, because even Liberatore was averaging like, you know, 18 at Rover. Mm-hmm. No, Anderson was averaging 14. Ben King, even if Ben King was averaging nine, I think. And Nick Dacos was like 33 and a half. Every single one of them below average. So, and uh, man, like talk about crawling past a Scorpions team that, uh, I don't know. Went, yeah, like you said, man, I think Dylan Shield in center. That, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, surely I'm going to win this week. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, man, man, it was a close thing in the end. Like if Brendan Cox had just had a half decent game. Yep. Uh, but um, no, uh, I I really tried to lose and just couldn't quite pull it off. Uh, Better luck ugly, next time. Ugly, ugly, ugly. ugly. Sorry, um, David. <laughs> for the commissioner votes, not controversial, but I, can you? Is there anybody can, worth can, giving up three votes to? <laughs> can you already see what I've put in, or you're not checking that? Oh, I gave. No, oh, okay. I gave three to Tim English, two to Nick Dacos, and one to Liberatore. Yeah, yeah, Liberatore, uh, he's doing all right for me. He is. I, I thought the, the Tim English one would be the controversial one. Uh, I, I, like I said, man, I don't, like, it's it's controversial that, you, like, you have to give three votes to somebody here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, nobody, like, there's going to be, like, there's going to be players who miss out on votes completely who have better games than Tim English. So, uh, but, yeah, so, I, I, but, I, yeah, I've got no argument. Okay. <laughs> Um, next one was the Heroes up against the Dozers. Dozers got up here, 161 to the Heroes, 140. Um, Dozers, wow, way too strong. Um, their back line, pretty much from their mids all the way down, is is putting up some really good scores. Obviously, Jamar Hughes-Hagen getting 30 at forward was outstanding. Um, but then they've got Jack Bowles getting 16 at Tagger, Vlaston getting 15 at, at back. Um, Harry Shizzle getting 16 at Keyback and Lysette getting 15 at Ruck. For the Heroes, Jack McRae getting 30 at um, centre was pretty darn good. Jared Witts getting 17.5 um, and Ed Richards getting 19 at midfield, but not enough to get over the line of the, the, the Dozers. Dozers were too strong, but just on quick glances, looking at that Heroes team and some of the scores that they put up, you wonder how they lost. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Brayshaw and Coleman are why they lost, but um, and well, and Todd Marshall, I guess. But the Dozers put up a pretty good score. They just, you know, I, I, I guess when Eugle Hagen fires, that yep. I mean, Heaney was obviously pretty embarrassing, but um, but Eugle Hagen made up for it. He, I wonder if Jack Rewald gets a recall after that, but but yeah, I mean, Eugle Hagen, it's only his third year, and he's starting to come into his own. I feel like, you know, I, I don't know if he's gonna. 
kicked five goals a huge amount of times this year. But, you know, I think he's, he's it looks like he's going to be worth that number one pick and uh, eventually he'll be, yeah, he'll be, he'll be pretty special, I think. Um, but you know, it's good to see the Dozers, like, you know, managed to cobble together a lineup here that actually performed. Jack Bowers in a tag, it was a big call. That's I don't think I've ever thought of him as a tagger, but there you go. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, even Callum Mills at Rover. So some bold calls by uh, by Andrew Baker here, but and even Rosie at centre. That's and it, and they they just came off, didn't they? And like man, heroes were looking like untouchable after the first two weeks. So this is a real stunner. Yeah. Um. But, three, oh, sorry. Go. I just think the heroes. Yeah, they got a, they've got some work on that back line they need to do, man. Um, Commissioner votes to go three to Hagen, two to Vlaston, and one to Wits. Yeah, yep. I think that's uh, that sounds fair enough. All right, next one. Low scoring game here. Titans up against the Chargers. Titans got up one nineteen to the Chargers one oh four. Um Titans had Ryan Burton too, and they didn't um obviously didn't sub him out, but um can beat the Chargers with only nine players. Beautiful. <laughs> um the Titans, uh, in terms of their outstanding, Gibney, as we touched on earlier on, getting 16 at Tagger. Um, Jacob Wiedering getting 15.5. Riley O'Brien at Keyback. Riley O'Brien getting 17.5 at Ruck. was also out good. It was also very good. Um, his forward line of Wiedemann and Stengel really didn't do much. They only got four between the two of them. Still, the charge is not, not good enough to beat that. Um, Jesse Hogan getting 16 at Key Forward. Um, Mason Redmond and it was probably, probably the next enough. person to call out and in midfield getting 14. Wow, man. It just nothing went right, did it? Uh, no. no, no. <laughs> I, what happened to Flynn? How come he was so down? Like, he's well, normally pretty reliable, isn't he? No, and what did you say? Blake Hardwick's a, a key back now? Yeah, he had man Hardwick had a lot of marks this week. Duggan Duggan's just not a key back. It's he's at all no. And I I'm forgot about I forgot about Hewitt. Sorry, I was thinking a bit yes. like I thought I'd do it. I looked at the looked at the um the teams come out and I went, oh, that's right. I should change that team because Carlton's playing after Hawthorne and and Hewitt's back in the lineup. And I didn't even think of it. Anyway, so hence John Newcomb was named at centre. Not that it would have made any difference at all. No, it wouldn't have made any difference, sadly. Like, I, it's just awful when you see a team that's only got nine players, their forward kicks zero, their key forward kicks four, and you think, well, this is going to be a walk over. And it, oh, man. And Riley O'Brien's an ex-charger. Yeah, yep, yep. That's uh, salt in oh. the wound. So what, ha- yeah. what happened? Like, seriously, what happened to Flynn? Like, why is he so bad? I, d- I didn't watch any of the GWS game. That's, that's it was all F1 for me, mate, all this weekend, all F1. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sorry, Chargers. I I mean, it's funny to me because I know I lost to the Titans in a very close first-round game, and and then the Titans have been pretty, you know, and I, I sort of thought, oh, I'm sort of glad for the Titans because they, um, they're they probably better than me and they probably need the win more later on. And, and then I think the last two weeks they've been awful. <laughs> and I've actually won the last two weeks. Now I'm like, damn, I should have beaten them in that first week, stupid. Yeah. Uh, stupid anyway, yes. Um, oh man, I feel a bit ill. Sorry, let's move on. All right, <laughs> Commissioner votes uh, gave three to Gibney, two to O'Brien, and one to Wiedering. Beautiful. 
All right, next game was the Blue Flames up against the Wild Cards. Um, close game here, only one and a half points in it. Uh, Wild Cards got up 138.5 to the Blue Flames, 137. Um, Wild Cards, some big scores here. Sicily getting 24 at key back. Tom Green getting 34 at centre. Rowan Marshall getting, excuse me, 12 and a half at, um, at Ruck, which literally won him the game. Um, Top a- Tom Aikens getting 14 at Tagger as well was also outstanding. His forward line of Mackay and Brody Mychek, well, Mackay won't be there anymore. It'll be Oscar Allen, I'm assuming, will come straight into that lineup. But for the Blue Flames, Jeremy Cameron getting 21 at forward, Lockie Neal getting 31 at centre, uh, Doherty getting 22 at midfield. Um, Isaac Cumming getting 14 at Quebec, where he's outstanding players. Shannon Hearn, I was watching him in the final game, obviously. Um, only, well, only. Ended up with 17 kicks at midfield, but um, obviously just two kicks short of taking this victory. This is 100% Ben Griffiths getting a little bit too cute when you haven't really got a ruck and playing Cripps at Tagger. What was he thinking yeah like seriously like i know Cripps is kind of a good tagger like you know like every player that gets 40 odd possessions tends to be because they just are that around but you, that does not mean you play them at tagger because they can get 25 handballs ben luke oh my god luke like seriously this is just i mean, this is sad because the blue flames um this shouldn't have been close, this game. It should have been the Blue Flames without a ruck, without a real ruck anyway, waltzing home over a team. Honestly, the wild cards are a damn good team. I know they're kind of a little bit down this week with their forward line, and that probably is what triggered the Oscar Allen trade, to be honest. But um, but Blue Flames, just uh, like, you know, it's just I don't know, just getting too cute. And Ben will know what I mean if you, you know, trying to you're trying to be like a bit of a ice dancer instead of just getting that puck in the net, Ben. Just don't worry about the finesse. Just get the job done. Silly, silly, silly loss here. But the wild cards, I'm sure, are very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got nothing to add to that. No, nothing to add to that. Um, I don't know. Like, oh. like there have been times. I mean, I, I know this for a fact because obviously, you know, Zach owns Crips in Alley. There have been yeah. maybe a few, few moments in the like many, many, many years that he has owned Crips that he has thought, hmm, yeah, he actually is a pretty good tagger, isn't he? And I've gone, don't even think about it, Zach. <laughs> just, no. no, just don't. <laughs> just play him at right. Rover. You, you yeah. don't have to think about your Rover. Just play Crips and forget about it. <laughs> yep. Rover or centre? Um, no. 90%. 90%, 90% <laughs> Rover. Um, in terms of um, commissioner votes, I gave three to Sicily, two to Doherty, and one to Cameron. And you would have given three to Cripps if he'd actually been played in the right position. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the final game, it was Natas versus the Bucks. Um, the Bucks got up here, 161 to 143 for Natas. Bucks was just way too strong. Um, some really big scores here. Um, Larky getting 14 at key forward was probably the, one of the downers, but uh, Bailey Frisch getting 18 at forward. Darcy Parrish getting 35 at centre. Ben Cunnington getting... 17 at Rover, rolling that clock back. Um, Luke Ryan getting 17.5 at Keyback. 
um, and Draper getting 13.5 at Ruck was also pretty good. For Natas, the forward line just didn't fire with Hawkins and Tom Green. Um, Took Miller only getting the 21 at centre is really what hurt him across the board, but Sean Darcy getting 26 at um, at Ruck. Um, Lockie Ash getting 16, oh, sorry, 20 at midfield. Sam Berry getting 18 at, at Tagger. So Natas had some big scores there, mate. The forward line let him down, but the Bucks will definitely be taking this victory and, and dancing all the way to the bank. Yeah, Bucks must be ecstatic with this one. I mean, the Bucks are looking like, I mean, again, I still have my concerns about Larky long-term. Um, but beyond that, and uh, Draper's taking a little bit of time to settle down, but he's looking okay now. Um, beyond that, though, pretty good team, the Bucks, And we know that. I mean, they were... Grand finalist only two years ago, and last year was a bit of a just a really weird year for the Bucks. But um, yep. there's no reason why now with the sort of additions they've got, they shouldn't be, you know, right there at the pointy end. Natas, on the other hand, it's kind of classic Natas. This sort of lineup, you know, they, they, a few players just outstanding, probably in the team of the week, and then uh, and then a whole bunch of other ones that you're just like scratching your head a little bit and going, "What the heck happened?" Um, which, yeah, I don't. It's it's a Hawkins has to be a worry now. Mm. Um, that's and and Lloyd is not the player he once was. Stewart probably should have been at key back. That probably wouldn't have made the difference. But but I guess I guess um, McGovern. You don't necessarily want to play him at back though either. You probably want that uh, his marks. But uh, yeah, and Natas again. We know they're not. They're just not looking like they used to. And that's yeah. Just have to. Get used to the fact that they're uh, maybe not quite what they used to be, but again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's going to work for them. I don't know. They did beat the Chargers. Uh, who hasn't in the last <laughs> twenty years? Um, <laughs> in terms of the commission of votes, I'm going a little bit controversial here. Sean Darcy, I gave three. Darcy Parrish, I gave two, and Sam Berry, I gave one. Yeah, well, that's no, that's that's what happens. Is that Natas had those big scores, but. Yep. But didn't didn't translate into an actual result, sadly for them. No. All right, let's have a look at the ladder. It's pretty close. Um, Mighty Bucks are on the top. <laughs> They're two and one, um, the highest scoring team, obviously. When we start looking at what the rest of the uh, <laughs> comp is looking like, um, Hodgie's Heroes are in second, two and one. Wildcards are third, two and one. Blue Flames are two and one in fourth, and the Dingoes two and one in fifth. Then we have the Titans, two and one, in sixth. The Tass are in seventh, one and two, with the Dozers one and two and eighth. Scorpions are one and two in ninth, and the Chargers are 0 and three. And I was paying out the, the Warriors for being already over 100. Well, I'm on 99.5. <laughs> but I'm not over 100. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty interesting ladder, isn't it? Like, um, you know, one game separating first and ninth, although obviously the, the Scorpions and the Dozers scores and even the to be honest the titans barely crept over 400 do do definitely give a bit of a hint that um you know as close as it looks um there seems to be like well the dozers you know if they can continue the way they looked this week if it's taken them a couple of weeks to calibrate and now they can actually you know find some form um you know, maybe they're not going to be quite the uh you know also around we thought, but uh, but you know, Bucks, Heroes, Wildcards, Blue Flames, I guess even the Dingoes. If uh, I, I don't know, I'm still a little bit skeptical. The Dingoes are actually a top five team given their 
they've only really had one good win, and that was on the back of Logan McDonald actually playing the Hawks. But um, but but the, and the, the Titans though are certainly uh, questionable. The TAS probably I think still is your fifth best team after those top four. To be honest, I just think I just think yeah, those top four. You don't want them finishing fifth. The TAS. No, nah, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I think that's if they're trying the slingshot trick trip in this, uh, I think they're gonna have a harder time staying below the, you know, the yeah. Titans and the Scorpions and the Chargers. That's for sure. True. Well, take some, <laughs> take, take some beating to get me off the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a look at the AFR Cup, mate. We had uh, the qualifying rounds this week. Um, the next one isn't until round six, which is the round of sixteen. But we had the Bucks up against the Brawlers, and the Bucks got up there in a high-scoring game. So the Bucks, the Bucks will play the Blue Flames, which we touched on last week. Um, the next game we had the Warriors up against the Chargers, and the Warriors won that, so they're going to be up against the Sons of God. You let the Warriors get a win. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. It wasn't Champions League, which is why I named my B team. Um, Dingoes were up against the Marvels, and the Marvels got up there. Um, so they're going to be playing the Natasa Dolteras, um in the next um, in the next um, phase, and then we had a close one here. The Dozers just pipping the Thylacines by 0.5, so that means the Dozers will be up against the Convicts. Ouch, Thylacines! That's uh, that's rough. <laughs> you just need a brace shot to get one more possession. Yep. Oh uh, well. 0.5. Yeah. Um. We had a break this week, Steve, in the Champions League. It fires back up again next week. I just wanted to have a quick little bit of a preview and just get your feedback on and almost a little prediction on what you think the top two will be in each group now that we're in really on the run home for the um, – we do have another break in round six, but by then it would might even be – might even be done in some of the groups. Um, group A, how do you think that one's looking? What the Blue Flames, Phoenixes, Nexus, and Dozers? What do you think is going? How are you thinking that's going to end up? Yeah, well, Blue Flames are obviously they're looking sitting pretty. The Dozers, have, unfortunately for them, their only really good week was this last week, and it uh, did not coincide with any. Although you know, kept them alive in the AFR Cup, which is good for them. But yep. but uh, unless they can reproduce that against the Blue Flames this week. Oof, they're probably they're probably going to be up against it, and I'd say the Blue Flames will probably more or less eliminate the Dozers this week. And and so, but we kind of know the Phoenix, Flashing Phoenixes and Nexus are playing this week, and that is just round one of what is ultimately just a setup. You'd think those two are the ones who are fighting for second spot. And as bad as the Phoenixes were this week, they have actually been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm predicting Nexus will eventually find their way into second there behind the Blue Flames. Yep. Alrighty, Group B, we've got the Heroes, the Brawlers, the Wildcards, and the Convicts. Will the trade push the Wildcards up the ladder? Well, Wildcards, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they've got to play or each other. Will it help now. the Heroes? Heroes versus Wildcards this week, so we'll get their first taste of uh, playing against each other. I think... You definitely get the feeling like the Oscar Allen wasn't going to be able to break into that uh, Heroes lineup, it yeah. seemed like. So that's, you know, I, so it should help the wild cards. And I think 
I, the impression I've got is I think the heroes are probably better than the wild cards, just slightly. So I'm, I'm still thinking it's going to be heroes brawlers here. That top two I don't think will change, although okay. massive, massive game I think for the convicts this week. They've got to beat the brawlers, which is going to be a tough ask. I mean, they're they're top of the ladder at the moment, and the convicts, you know, especially after this week, struggling a little bit. Um, but that's that's the uh, that's the task. If the convicts can beat the brawlers this week, then it's game on. It's, anybody can make that second spot. But if the brawlers knock off the convicts this week and the heroes knock off the wild cards, this uh, this group could be almost over. Even though it's uh, <laughs> quite the quite the power quartet. The group of death. Mm. Um, group C, we have the Chargers, the Phantoms, the Atoms, and Natas. Yeah, this is this is still the turn up, isn't it? Well, Chargers playing the Tass this week. Um, massive, massive game that one uh, within this. You know, there's not actually that much between the two, but if man, if the Chargers can somehow pull off a win, they'll almost be home, won't you? <laughs> Which is crazy to think of, but like, and the Tass will be almost out. The defending title holders are back to like trying to do something which has never been done. A three-peat in the Champions League. And uh, wow, already 0-2 and, and in some well, and in a pretty weak group, it's um, it's a bit strange. But yeah, Farmtons Adams this week is also a big clash. Uh, I it's not much, there's almost nothing between them in terms of their points for. So I, I'm thinking the Adams they're looking like they're slowly building, and the Farmtons are mm, maybe looking a little wobbly. But I don't know, like there there wouldn't be too much between those two teams at the moment. I'll slightly favour the Adams. I honestly have no idea who's going to get through this group. I don't know because because it, it's like it's it's hard. I mean, the Chargers are like you'd you'd have to especially after this week you'd have to say Chargers are the worst team in this group. But somehow they're two and zero though. So yeah, this is going to be a free for all. Anyone could do it at this point. It's going to be it's going to be a fascinating run home. Wow. I I hope the Chargers can win this week just for the just for the kicks because <laughs> yeah. it would be just to just to actually give Natas a challenge. Natas looks at this group and just goes. I'm going to lose all three of my first games and I'm still going to make the phase two, <laughs> which is pretty much what I could see Natas doing. Losing the charges this week and then saying, now, hold my beer. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Would not surprise me. All right, Group D, we have the Marvels, the Titans, the Scorpions and the Sons of God. Will Ben's, both of Ben's teams get through, do you think? Or n- well, they, I mean, the Sons of God should, and they're the ones who are 0-2, which is weird. Yep. Um, Sons of God Marvels this week, massive game. Um, I'm I'm thinking the Marvels are going to win that one, and Ooh. I don't know, which is, I like, the teams that should go through are Marvels and Sons of God. And if that, if, if and I, I believe that, I don't think the Titans or the Scorpions are that good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think the Sons of God, I mean, they kind of need to get the win this week to kind of get things started. But whoever wins out of that Titans Scorpions game this week, though, is that's a huge boost for them. They'll be they'll be really uh, in a very nice position at the uh, turn. So yep. yeah, I I still think the Sons of God are going to come good, even if they even if they lose this week, I would still back them. Cool. Much like Natas. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump across and have a look at what's happening this round, mate. Round four, four weeks in. All right, let's start big. with the original. What was that? I was just saying it's big. Like, you know, if you really want to be, I think, you know, Cameron's rule of thumb is you got to have, you really do need to have four wins at the mid-season to be in with a shot of, uh, you know, 
of a title. I don't think anyone's managed to win one from three and six. Uh, four and five, I don't even know if it's been done, but I wouldn't surprise me if it's been done because that's like, you know. So, but if you're hitting round four and you, you hit one and three, it's, it's uh, you know, it's getting tough. Yeah. You want to be at least two and two, which, you know, I'm sure the Chargers don't want to hear that right now. Uh, Chargers would just like to win something. <laughs> which one are we got? Which league are we looking at first? Uh, well, I've got the Super League open on my, my screen, so let's go with that one first. Cool. Saints up against the Phoenixes. Grudge match. Oh, here we go. It's the first match between Big Brother and Little Sister. So, well, you can't tip against the Thylacines the way they're going. No, at the moment. You can't. no they are hot. I The only query I have is, uh, you know, is Brisbane playing somebody terrible? No, they're playing Collingwood. So Without a ruck. Like, well, not yeah, that that matters with this kind not, of not that that really matters, but um, so yeah, no, I don't think that's going to be enough of a. I don't think you know it's not like the Brisbane forward line is going to explode this week, so I think thylacines, no problem. Yep, same with me. Then we have the Adams up against the Marvels. Marvels for me. Yeah, I think the Adams. You know, I think the Adams are doing well. They're two and one, even though they're you know missing Max King. Like it's not many teams that can probably be going as well as they are when you're, you know, without your best player. But, um, but yeah, the Marvels have been doing well enough and I think they'll, uh, they should be able to handle the Adams at this stage anyway. Yep. Then we have another loss for the Warriors. We've got Nexus versus the Warriors. Oh, it's the two teams without wins. Yeah, so I guess, well, one of them's going to wear a man. If Nexus lose to the Warriors, Wow. That would be, wow. So Nexus, <laughs> Nexus is staring down. I mean, it's hard because uh, it should be just celebrating the fact that Nexus is going to get on the board for as far as Nexus is concerned. But man, they are in some ways they're staring down the barrel a little bit here because man, if they somehow find a way to lose to the major warriors, um, yeah, that uh, that would be a low that I cannot. I cannot conceive of that. Has, has Nexus ever missed the finals? I don't know if they have. Uh, I don't know. I'd need to go back and check. I don't know if they have. Anyway, um, surely, surely Nexus are not that bad. Surely Nexus will win. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, next one is the Brawlers up against the Sons of God. This could be oh, a high-scoring oh, game. Oh, I'm going to tip a, the Sons of God here. This is a massive one because the Brawlers are 3-0. and oh. Yep. But the Suns and the Suns got only one or two, but man, Suns of God are they're pretty darn good. I'm I'm gonna go with you. I think I think you're right. I think Suns of God are gonna they they're just they're just starting to get their act together and once once the jigsaw falls into place here, this will be the brawlers will be uh you know, the brawlers are a very good team, don't get me wrong, but uh, Sons of God when they're uh, when they're on song are pretty hard to stop. So this yep. wouldn't surprise me at all, Sons of God here. And this one, who has more to lose? It's the Phantoms versus the Convicts. I'm going to go with the Phantoms here. I just feel like the Convicts are wobbly in a way that I'm a little bit concerned about. And I think the Phantoms, they actually, they actually were okay. Well, considering the whole forward line was really down, they still almost pulled off the win. I think the Phantoms, they're okay. And I think Lynch and Norton will be a lot better this week. And I think that might be a bit too much for the Convicts to handle. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling a bit... I'm a bit nervous picking the Phantoms against the Convicts. That feels a bit wrong. I'm going to go the Convicts. <laughs> All right. Original League, we have Dingoes up against the Blue Flames. 
Ah, oh, dang it. Oh, well, I'm glad <laughs> I won this week. Um, well, although, I don't know, this year so far, I've, I've played two crap teams and I've played pretty crap against them. And then I've, on the one good team, thank you, Wild Cards, you're an awesome team. Somehow I beat you. I don't know how that quite... Oh, yeah, yeah, Logan McDonald, that's right. Um, but, you know, Blue Flames, hey, unless... Is, did Buddy get reported today? I don't know. Did he? I, I didn't so. watch anything. I was watching the F1. Oh, man, if Buddy if Buddy only gets reported this week or, I don't know, picks up a niggle or something, maybe Logan McDonald could come through for me. I don't know. But, um, no, Blue Flames. Blue Flames for me too. Uh, Heroes versus Natas is the next one. Heroes for me. Yeah, this is this is the, the long-running joke that the Heroes keep losing to Natas or the Blue Flames, but I just think the Heroes are just better this year. So, yep, Heroes. Um, Titans, yeah, heroes for me. Titans versus Dozers is the next one. I'm, I'm, I, I feel a bit nervous, but I'm like, I, I, I feel like I might pick the Dozers, which feels kind of wrong because I don't, I did not rate the Dozers two weeks ago, but uh, they seem like they've got their act together, and I'm a little bit more worried about the Titans, who are two and one, but probably should not be. They should be lucky to be one and two, I think, but somehow they're two and one. Um, so I'm going to go the dozers. I'm going to go the dozers too. That Harry Shizzle, I think, it was the last pick in the in the draft and all that sort of stuff, has really given him something. Yeah, it's he's very impressive. He is. Um, better than my number one pick of Will Ashcroft, but anyway, I'm not going to. Hey, anyway, <laughs> Ashcroft is going to be there for the long term, that's for sure. Um, Bucks versus Chargers is the next one. Bucks are going to give me a spanking, but I'm going to tip the charges. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bucks there. Um, then we have the Scorpions versus the Wild Cards. Wild Cards. Wild Cards for me as well. So, yeah, I guess uh, uh, that, that top four is looking like the top four, I guess, and that's what we've picked this week. We've picked that same top four. And then, you know, the Dozers is the only game that doesn't involve one of those top four. So. Okay. so it'll be interesting to see if that top four, if they do wobble at all. But uh, uh, should be should be, should be be a fun week. Mm. Should be an interesting one. All righty. Uh, that's about it from us. Steve, thank you very much again for the podcast. We're recording this on Sunday night. So we're starting to get in a little bit of a rhythm. And now that uh, daylight saving has ended, it's going to make it a little bit easier for us as well. <laughs> um, we will be back next week. Um, it'll probably be on the, I assume there's games on Easter Monday. Oh, it'll be Geelong Hawthorne, won't it? Ah, yeah. So we'll probably be back next Monday night or maybe even Tuesday, depending on how things go. I'm assuming it'll be Monday. Um, but, um, yeah, Steve, thanks very much. We will Thank see you. you all next week. See ya.